Welcome to Man Fully Alive Podcast. Yeah! It's time. It is, gosh, May 27th already. I know. Holy cannoli. I know. They haven't made one yet. I've been checking around. There is no holy cannolis. Oh. (laughs) You need a special baker for that. Yeah. You only get halves. I see. But um. Oh, I did just have my third child. Wow, that was that was <laughs> yeah. a good kid joke. That is a dead joke. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to Manfully Alive podcast. My name is Mike with a mic, and next to me is Deacon Nick. What this podcast is about? It's based off a quote from Saint Irenaeus that says, "The glory of God is manfully alive." Well, in order to experience the glory of God and to become a man fully alive, you have to unite yourself with the Lord, and the only way you get united with your friends is by frankly spending time with them, which is pretty dang hard to do if you don't spend time with them. Yeah, and and, and we don't mean Facebook time, right? No, we're not talking about Facebook friendships here. We're talking about a real serious relationship with Jesus. So what we do in this podcast is we get to know God through the Gospels, His words to us, the love letters from the Son of God directly to you and me. Amen. So... Let's get right into it. You want to take us out a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, <clears throat> the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Uh, today, Lord, we celebrate you as Holy Trinity. And help give us the strength to be able to proclaim that truth and deepen our faith so they so that we're, we're faithful to that truth because it has real consequences because you as Trinity is a blessing in our lives. And, and help us to love and to serve you as Trinity, that we recognize the, our desire to love and serve you as Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Help us to love each of you personally. We ask this in the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hey, we were just talking about them. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so what is the solemnity of the Holy Trinity? In this? Solemnity, yeah. And, and just for you, uh, you, you, my Christians and brothers and sisters that are just trying to understand what us gospel nuts over at the Catholic Church think, the Holy Trinity, obviously, uh, if you live in a Trinitarian rite, it is the belief that uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all one person, but also three distinct beings, uh, but fully united, fully one being, but also three di- distinct persons. Yeah, fully... Uh participating in and owning divinity therefore they are one god and yet three distinct persons it's accurate to say that the father is not the son and the son is not the spirit and the spirit is not the father and they they act as one with three separate um uh, personages or they are three separate persons and and we should have a relationship with each one so well, to that point, having a relationship with uh, people sometimes requires you to say, hey, man, sorry I did you wrong. And that brings us fully to our last week's challenge, which was to go to confession. Oh, yeah. Now, I myself go on a monthly basis, and my me amigo, Deacon Nick, has access to it more frequently than I do because he's <laughs> usually one-on-one hanging with the priest right before Mass. That's true. I'm I'm around the priests, uh, several priests. Either I mean, not only at mass, but also working in a parish. They're down the hall in their offices, you know. So yeah. I, uh, I have lots of opportunity. I do tend to go uh, once every couple weeks, and couple could be two, could be three, kind of depends. Uh, but if needed, heck, I'll go once a week for a while if needed. But 
you know, I was reflecting on this, and uh, I went to confession about two weeks ago, so it's about time for me anyway. But also, I was thinking, what is it that prevents people from going to confession? What are, what are the difficulties to it? And I know for me, for the longest time, um, it was a it was my own embarrassment level. It was my own, you know, pride, I guess, at, at the the embarrassment of my sins. And so I didn't I didn't want Father So and So to know who I was, um, or I wanted it to be somebody who's some priest who's never met me before. So even if I went face to face, they'd be like, "Well, I don't know this Joe from Adam," you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this Joe from Adam. From Adam yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that's, it. Uh, that's a little biblical humor, huh? <laughs> so, so I would, you know, I'd play, I'd play Russian roulette with the with the priest, right? You yeah. know, I'd, I'd bounce around and yeah. try not to be noticed. Well, but, I don't, I don't frequent at this parish, and right. uh, hey, they, so they don't know yeah. me. Yeah. But, you know, being ordained a diocesan deacon, that's next to impossible these days. I mean, I could go, you know, farther out in the diocese, but yeah. But what's the point at this point? Or I if mean, you can just find where the visiting priests from, right. you know, Jerusalem and the Holy Land are coming. That's know, right. Or, hey, our, our Spanish missions priest is in. I, I'm going to hit this one. Right. Shouldn't but in that see case, him for you know, a while. I'd only be able to go to confession like once every two or three months, you know. But yeah. at, at some point, you just kind of have to go, well... Yeah, this priest knows me, and yeah, my sins are embarrassing. But this is a holy sacrament that is sealed, and and they can't speak about my sins. And so, it's a real opportunity to divulge to somebody who does know you, and because they know you, I have found that the the priests that I go to most often and know me the best give the best advice yeah. and help me the most. Oh, you got to lay your feet, you know, dirty and nasty at the foot of the cross, and. I think this is I think this is well said. Um, sometimes within the Protestant world, that that you need to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And sometimes we we as I think as just as Catholics kind of get away from talking about Jesus as, as as if he's a personal friend, right? The the point of confession is to empty yourself and to empty those parts of yourself that have been steeped in pride, right? That yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the priest has never heard this sin. Well, <laughs> let me just run through all the different sins that priests hear. They hear about murder. They hear about adultery. They hear about lust. They hear about pride. They hear about everything. everything. And they go to every different community out there. They go to give confessions to people in prison that were convicted of much more serious crimes than the the average sinner out there. And the, the, the point of this is, is at some point I need to just swallow it up and say, I'm so glad that I have an older priest in my parish because his mind's going. He's definitely going to forget <laughs> this quick. But here's the thing. Uh, you even said this when in, when in seminary, uh, they said, by your first month, you will have heard every type of sin in the confessional once you're a priest. Just about, especially if they're fre frequenting, like you said, hospitals and, and prisons. I mean, they'll they'll hear the full gambit. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's some things. I mean, lust or adultery or... or Pornography, you know, masturbation, all, all of that these things. I mean, that's widespread in the parishes. And, oh, yeah. And men should just know that... They're not alone in this, and the priests are not surprised by this. They, yeah, let's, let's, they want to help. Let me reaffirm that. You out there, men, are not alone in sins of lust. 
It is literally spoon fed to you by every network that exists out there. The television is putting it towards you. The internet is putting it towards you. Uh, books are putting it towards you. Magazines are putting it towards you. Advertisements on the highway are putting it towards you. And even the attitude of the culture itself says oh, yeah. that it's okay. And, and at some point, it's okay to just say, I succumbed to this stuff. And you know what? So has almost all men on the planet. You know, we are all not Jesus. We're all trying to be like Jesus, but, you know, shoot, we fall, we fall short. And so just taking the uh, initiative to, you know, go on the most successful diet in history and shed that emotional weight uh, within, the, within the context of confession is, is a phenomenal benefit, and it's a phenomenal gift. And in fact, it's it's highly necessary. Confession is the sacrament that gives you the grace that makes it possible for habitual sins like that to actually be healed. It, yeah. it is possible. Yeah. And to be reunited with all these relationships because it's impossible to approach your wife or your children as completely covered in damaged goods and be emotionally, spiritually, mentally present for them. If you're carrying all this weight around you at all times, at some point you need to unload the the sinful spiritual baggage that you have. And there is no better place, no better place in the whole world than the confessional, because part of that priest's training is that <laughs> this stays, this is sealed within the confessional and they can share none of that with you, the outside world. And what a blessing that is, you know, just to, to have this place where you can deposit all the crap you're carrying around with you. Amen. Uh, speaking of, of places that you can deposit your faith, uh, let's get right into the gospel. Um, this is a reading from the gospel of Matthew. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, good Gospel. It's a great gospel. It's, it's the great commissioning. Jesus sending his apostle, apostles out. Um, and, and yet here in the intro, there's this weird, like, addition. You know, in the third line, it says, uh, when they all saw him, they worshipped. And then it says, but they doubted. And it's really vague. You know, if you go to the original language, it's unclear if all of those who worshipped God were the ones who doubted or whether or not some of them worshiped and some of them doubted. I mean, it's, it's really unclear. However, I think what I want to bring out, the point that I want to make in all this is even though they were uncertain, they, they'd been following Jesus, they'd been learning, and now Jesus is sending them out on mission. Mm -hmm. Not unsimilar to eighth graders being confirmed, right? You know, no, no, um, almost almost exactly <laughs> exactly you know and they they are excited and they want to worship god but they doubt and they're nervous you know the exact same way um but what's fascinating is that these apostles respond to jesus's commission they do go out and they do baptize the nations 
Yeah. And so whatever doubt that they had in this moment, I think it's helpful to to recognize the fact that that doubt leaves them and they go out on mission anyway. Yeah. Um, they, they trust in the Lord. Well, and I think that's a big piece because even if you're having doubts, it does not mean that even though you're having those doubts, you can't do God's will. Yes. Like in a place of doubt, pursuing the Lord is more valuable sometimes than pursuing him always within a place of perfect faith. Absolutely. Yes. So I, I, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm looking in the mirror here and saying there are countless times where I'm speaking about the Lord and I get asked a question that I'm not completely a hundred percent certain. I know the answer to, and the beauty of our faith is that we have access to resources that can either solve that doubt or clear up that doubt, or I can just bear myself to the people that are questioning my faith and say, I don't, I don't know why that's the case. Let's, let's figure out why. Let me, do you mind if I look it up real quick? And they'll, they'll usually say, no, 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 go ahead, man. Check it out. Yeah. Um, and even if it's not in those moments in which we're being challenged intellectually or, or whatever on our faith, even interiorly, you know, it's important for us to realize that when we are experiencing doubt in, say, something routine like prayer, does God hear me? To, to persist, to, to persevere, I should say, and to know that God does hear our prayers and that he um, does respond. Even if it's not that moment, mm-hmm. he is listening and he will respond. And it's either going to be yes or no or not now. Well, and uh, it's just, it's valuable to see that the, the disciples, right? The founders of our faith, the ones who took the word from, from Jesus's mouth, put it into practice and made disciples of all the nations. It says that they were doing what Jesus had ordered them even before. And yet they still see Jesus in doubt, right? That doubt is going to come on throughout the mission, right? This is, says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had ordered them. And it's not, you know, it's not like it's a stated mountain. It's just to a place that they frequented. Yeah. And that Jesus probably said something that at times I want you to go to this mountain, right? And uh, so they expressly go to the mountain which Jesus had ordered them to go to. And sure enough, boom, Jesus is right there. Because if you're doing God's will, God's God will be with you. That's right. That's right. And he even says this right at the end. And behold, I am with you always. Always. Man, my wife and I aren't with each other always. You know what I mean? Like right. this is a this is an eternal being dwelling with me at all times. And and that's that's to pick up something we said last week when we use the name of Jesus, right? Yes. When we well, uh, it might have even been a couple weeks ago, but you're right. When we use the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is so powerful that he is there. To say the name of Jesus is to make Jesus present yeah. wherever you are. At what, any a, time. what a power, right? To, yeah. to, to pull the master of the universe down with yeah. you when you need him most. Yeah, he, so. he, he comes to us willingly. And so, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I think it's a great point that, that doubt should not be a stumbling block for us in our faith. And then, of course, Jesus continues, and he does give them the, the great commission. He sends them out. He's, he tells them. First, he declares to them, as if they didn't know, but, but wanting them to be, you know, absolutely confirmed in this point that Jesus has all power, right? He, he is um, 
the leader of the kingdom, right? Uh, and he reminds them of this. Uh, he says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he reminds them of his authority. And then he tells them, with this authority, what I am telling you to do is I want you to go. Go where? Go and do what? Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, you know, there's, there's sort of three parts here. He's telling them, I want you to go and I want you to baptize. And then once you've baptized, I want you to teach them, right? Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. It's an amazing sort of trifecta. You have to go to the people who need to be evangelized. Those who need to be evangelized need to be baptized. And in order to evangelize them, in order to let them know what the faith is and how to live it well, you teach them. You love them. Mm -hmm. you, you show them a good example. Yeah. And notice they're baptized first, and then they are taught, yeah. which I think is an important point because that's why we as Catholics believe in infant baptism, because we want our children to have the grace of the sacrament and the full intellectual understanding of the faith comes later. Yeah. It's it's this order also in the Great Commission. Could you tell me how much later? Because I really want that wisdom. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Mike. Is there any hope? I just I just don't know. My goodness. Yeah, but, no, but uh, it's a life journey, in fact. It's, it's yeah. our entire life of learning, relearning, and, and finding new depths all the time. That's why... You and I will never run out of a job with this kind of a podcast because we can read the same gospel a hundred different times with a hundred different angles and get new, enriching, not just data, but inspirational uh, messages from our Lord every which is, time. Which is where, you know, we have to know that Jesus was infinite and divine, right? This is the Lord of, of all. He created me. He created you. And... If he wasn't, right, they could have disproven everything that he did. But at the time, think about this. If I'm a first layer disciple, right, one of those who was taught by Jesus, then sent forth by him after I watched him crucified, be crucified and die, right? So I witness not only his teaching, I watch his crucifixion and death, I watch his betrayal, I watch all of the horrible things that go on, then I'm hiding because of fear. He appears to me there. I'm walking back after being appeared to. He appears to me there. He eats some of my fish. I then am now on a mountain with my friends and he appears to me again. So at some point, it's like, this is not some ordinary ghost or demon. We, there's too many of us here to rationalize this away. This is not some group hysteria. This is not some uniformly difficult or hard to understand message. This is God speaking to us in a language that we understand and repeating himself as many times as it takes for you and I to understand. Yeah, and and we can be real dense sometimes. You know, did you, are you, are you, you were meaning that more, more directly at me, right? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> dense myself. I'm gifted in the dense arts. Um, <laughs> the dense arts. <laughs> so then you get into this place where uh, the Holy Trinity, right? He he installs, um, not installs anything, right? It's not like the Holy Trinity came out of this moment, but he commands 
the the apostles, the, the, the disciples, to go forth, make disciples of all nations, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that is, you know, exact wording, right, that we have carried out for centuries. Yes, uh, the, the, the baptismal rite is absolute. We have to say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or it's not even valid. Um, but, you know, this doesn't just come out of nowhere. You know, we, we have that great moment when... Jesus is baptized, and we hear the Father's voice, and then Jesus is baptized, and um, and then we see a dove descend upon Jesus. This is a, a visual representation of the Holy Trinity. And now, Jesus, in this great commission, is telling them that in the name of these three persons, my Father, myself, and the Spirit whom I am going to send to you, baptize all nations, because they are going to worship us and therefore have faith and therefore have salvation. Um, and so the Holy Trinity is, is vitally important to our faith. It's, it's the fundamental um, building stone in which the rest of the faith is built onto. And so it, it's very important that we get this right. Because if, if any one person of the Holy Trinity is not God, then, then parts of salvation are missing, right? Um, in particular, Christ himself. If Christ is not God, then we're not saved because he died on the cross and it didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. Or if the Holy Spirit isn't God, then our church isn't being led by God and we're floundering and, and we're not growing in holiness and we're not seeking heaven or salvation despite what Christ might have done. <clears throat> so the, the teaching of the Holy Trinity is very important. And of course, the church took you know, several hundred years to figure all this out. First, there were the Christological controversies, the controversies about Christ and his divinity, and then later the controversies revolved around the Holy Spirit and whether or not he was part of the Holy Trinity. So it's vitally important to our faith. And on top of all that, Christ gives this great commission that we must baptize, that we may, that we may transform the world, that we may uh, transform the hearts and bring to salvation all nations, not under the title of Christ alone, but under the title of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, this is a very important part of the gospel, which really launches the church into her, her mission. And that mission is made so clear here, right? It's made so explicit. Go, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And this is one of those really cool moments where Christ is not speaking in parable, right? right? He's speaking in literal sense. And behold, I am with you always because I am omnipresent. I have transcended this life. I have ascended into heaven and I am with you constantly. And as such, you have to take me with you. Right? Because this is ascending. This isn't like a, I'm going to sit on the sidelines now and, hey, guys, God, I got God. You got God? Yeah. No, <laughs> this is this is food and fuel and, and blessings. Like that, that uh, this is this is Christ's Irish blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. And he's like, by the way, I'm I'm the, the road and the wind and all the things. Right. I'm yeah. I'm everywhere and I'm with you always. So it's. It's beautiful, but it's, it's, he sends them because he believes in them and he sends in them himself. 
He right? sends himself, and, and he's giving them, I mean, what he's asking them to do is integral to the mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, they are actually doing something. Uh, that's something that I've always appreciated and loved about God's overall plan anyway, is he desires, I mean, he could do, he could do it all himself. He could accomplish everything himself, but he wants us to participate and he invites us to share in his mission. Yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing. And that, I think, really encompasses what this gospel is asking us to do, which is take Christ's word within you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and go forth and share it. Because this is the good news. All the other news, go ahead and flip on your news network. See if you get good news out of that, because I am pretty sure you're not going to. But that's the point, is is this is where the font of all good things come from. And this is a man who is fully human and fully divine, right? I mean, we both carry fully human loads. We are not fully divine. So the fact that the fully divine one wants to dwell within us and be with us gives us a glimpse of something we cannot experience on our own. That's right. So, what is the challenge then? Well, because it's Holy Trinity Sunday, I think it's appropriate for us to be focused on our relationships with the Holy Trinity. You know, I think it's very easy for us to identify with Christ because, as you said, He's fully human and fully divine. And so, it's easy to see Him as a human example, and thus, He's he's infinitely more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, however, to foster our relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit is very important. Um Especially the Holy Spirit now, because we are in the age of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is He who dwells in us, who has resided in us through our baptism. So it's very important that we are attuned to His voice. It is the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is the voice of love that not only strengthens us, but guides us. And so not only do we have to train ourselves to hear His voice, but then have the constitution of will, the the desire to then follow through and do the things that he's guiding us towards. And I think the way that we do that is in and through prayer. And so I would encourage our audience to foster a prayer life to the Holy Spirit this week. Specifically, be conscious about the way in which you are praying, not in general to God or Lord, but to the Holy Spirit this way, this week, and um, inform that relationship. He's sent his spirit, his. The, the They are one. They are completely united, but... That spirit goes with us and really allows us to speak when we're speaking from a place united with the Lord as the Lord wills us. And the more united we are with the Holy Spirit, the more we are united with the whole Trinity and more united with the self that we want to be, that, that most attractive version of ourselves, that most happy, that most genuine, that most real, that most relatable which is precisely what the Holy Spirit's mission is, is, is to transform us into whom, <clears throat> that, that to whom Christ has made us to be. Not where we are necessarily, not, not in our weakness or not in our sinfulness, but truly who he made us to be. Yeah, which it's nice to know that there are things about us that we don't understand, but the Lord understands them. And he made them the way that they are with a purpose and a design. And the only way that that lockbox within us with all that potential waiting for the moment 
gets unleashed in the world in the most fruitful and beautiful way is by uniting ourselves with the key that unlocks that box, which is the Holy Spirit. That's right. Uh, John Paul II put it uh, eloquently. He said, God reveals man to himself. And uh, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> and the revelation can take years. So it's not an overnight thing, but that is the challenge. Unite yourself within prayer to the Holy Spirit this week. Uh, a simple way to do this is the Latin phrase, Veni Sancte Spiritus, come Holy Spirit. And even if you're just repeating that phrase over again, over and over and over, Veni Sancte Spiritus, Veni Sancte Spiritus, come Holy Spirit. It's, it's a very simple way to just let him dwell with you even if you don't know what to say because you don't know the Holy Spirit very well. You may know Jesus, you may know God the Father, but the Spirit is one that we need to get to know. Absolutely. That's great. So uh, so what do you say? I think we should close this in prayer, huh? I am I am open. Let's do this. <laughs> very good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Um, Jesus, you came and you revealed to us both the Father and the Spirit that you were going to send. And we ask you... To help us to know the Holy Trinity, to truly know each person of the Holy Trinity intimately, that we may be inspired, uh, that we may be loved and experience their love, your love, um, and that we may take that love out to the world. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So this, this this week coming up, yeah. come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, that's right. For Man Fully Live Podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. Signing off.